Well, hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining me here on the Film Survivor Podcast. It is great to be back. Uh, I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. What a couple weeks in a row we have been given on Survivor, David versus Goliath. Uh, I'm just loving it. I think that uh, this season has been so well-received that it's been crazy. I mean, people are calling this like a top-five season. Uh, we got a lot of ways to go. Let's not get out of hand and let's not rank it uh, a little prematurely there. But no doubt that this is a likable cast. Everybody has been digging the season. And wow, two back-to-back episodes uh, have been awesome. Just simply, simply phenomenal. So what... Uh, we're going to be talking about today is uh, what happened, and uh, I'm going to be joined here today by, uh, spoiler alert, the person voted off of this past episode, Dan Ringering, the first person in Survivor history to be voted off, not with an idol in his pocket, but with an idol technically around his neck. He played an idol at a tribal council and still went home. Uh, it's unbelievable. And there's lots of talk. I mean, this has kind of reinvigorated uh, fans old and new. You know, there's been lots of talk in recent seasons about people complaining about all of the different advantages, and there's too many of them. The idol nullifier reared its ugly head and marked its stamp on Survivor this past week by uh, being played by Carl. It, of course, led to Dan's ousting, even though he had an idol. And uh, that was pre... You know that that happened right uh, on the heels of uh, Nick playing his double idol, or his double idol, his double uh, vote, his steal a vote. He stole this vote from Allison, and then quickly voted out Dan in conjunction with the rest of the Davids, who have unbelievably uh, been turning the tides and playing things phenomenally. If there was one scene I loved from the pre-Thanksgiving episode, it was that scene of all the Davids on the beach just sharing information and literally working as a team at like maybe we have not seen on Survivor. I mean, we, we all know that this is an individual game, but I don't really quite remember a an entire alliance that I'm like getting teary-eyed thinking that they're going to have to at some point stab each other in the back. I mean, they've just been so fun to watch and such a good cast. And, and Dan, again, too, is not, you know, not a villain. He's an honorable guy. Uh, he was a Goliath through and through. Two weeks ago, this guy was... You know, pretty much the top dog in his alliance uh, had the numbers seven to five in his favor. Uh, they had just voted off somebody, you know, from the other tribe, so they're at, they're sitting at seven five. He has two idols in his pocket, and uh, a budding showmance with with Kara. I mean, fine, you could say that you knew that Dan wasn't going to win the game, possibly, but you never would have, in any way, shape, or form, thought that he'd be out, you know, in the next one or two votes especially on the heels after watching John go out. It's just, it's absolutely crazy what's been going down at Tribal, but wow, did they play it perfectly. They got through this all with Christian still having an idol in his possession. Uh, and that's what sucks for Dan is, I mean, he, Dan could have literally had a hundred idols. It wouldn't have mattered. The idol nullifier makes you vulnerable at Tribal Council. The question I have, are, I mean, I, I know that there's a flow to Tribal Council, but with the idol nullifier in play, are you able to play a second idol? Like, could could had Dan not wasted his idol on Angelina the week before, could he have possibly, you know, had the first idol get nullified and then pull out a second idol? Is is that even something that could happen in in the rules, or is the nullifier like the all powerful, you know, neutralizer? And stuff we'll have to figure out as we move forward. But now you know the nullifier is a thing. I don't think we're gonna see it the rest of the season. However, every time we have idols play, we see idols come back into play. 
So don't think that just because Christian has an idol and the Davids have even things that they have a smooth sail to the end. They do not. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. Next, this coming week on, on Wednesday, just a couple days from now, since we're doing the, this Monday version of the podcast due to the holidays, uh, we're going to have a double episode on Wednesday night, uh, as Probstead announced in other uh, other outlets. There's a double episode, so we usually know what that means. Could there be two people leaving? That is the speculation. Uh, do not miss my next podcast. That will be this coming Thursday, as normal, and uh, we will get into it. Uh, this season rolls right along, though. Uh, I'm going to be speaking here in a minute with Dan Ringering. Again, don't miss the podcast on Thursday, Film Survivor. Uh, if you're just stumbling upon this on realityt.com, that's fantastic. Thank you for following me on Reality T. I'll make sure you check out my written recaps every Wednesday night. We're going to be making sure now from now on, too, that they're going to be getting up quicker on Wednesday night. So, uh, you know, most of the Survivor fans, like, you know, watch the show and then they get online. Uh, so my stuff in the past has sometimes not come out till Thursday morning. Most often, other than not, though, we're going to be getting it out Wednesday night. So look as as adding that into your uh, your weekly Survivor rituals. This week, too, though, also on the movie front, marks the uh, there's it's award season and there are some awards that are going to be rolling out. But the one group I'm a part of, the Detroit Film Critics Society, our award nominations come out this coming Friday. So that doesn't affect anything else this week on the podcast. But next week, we're going to be getting into some movie stuff as well as Survivor as Survivor rolls right along. So with all that being said, let us segue into the interview with Dan right about now you can as always find all of my stuff by following me at tom santilli on twitter i'm also on instagram by the way at film survivor you can follow me there be sure to follow me on realityt.com but again all of my stuff goes through my twitter account at tom santilli so that's maybe the easiest way to get all of this stuff you can also get this podcast on itunes and podbean tell your friends help support and uh, let's keep this thing going Without further ado, here's Dan. Dan, what's happening, man? Hey, man, how you doing? I am doing good. Uh, have, I've had time to digest uh, not only my Thanksgiving dinner, but also the episode last week. Uh, ju- <laughs> just unbelievable, man. Um, I guess, where are you at right now? Where, 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 tell me about your headspace. Uh, I mean, I'm good, man. Still uh, wrapping around. It's... I'll be honest, man. It's hard to wrap your head around a nullifier when you didn't know anything about it. But, I mean, you can't can't be upset about it. I mean, that's what's great about Survivor. It's always changing, always evolving, always growing, always getting better. And I just happen to be on the wrong end of it, which is unfortunate. But that's what's great about the show. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to mention. I mean, like you said, there have been times in the game. I remember when the first time they ever did a tribe swap happened. You know, it really affected, like, the one guy who was, like, taunting everybody and never thought that the tribes could swap. Um Every time there's this big twist that we've never seen before, there's always the the victim right then and there. Did it take you time though? Was there a part of your psyche that it was kind of like the why me for a while? I mean, yeah, a little bit because I didn't see myself as this huge threat. You know, I, I mean, I was staying glass strong. Maybe I was like maybe because I was pushing that, but I just I didn't see myself as this big monster guy that needed to be taken out. But you know. I appreciate the respect from the Davids for, for them thinking I was this big threat that they needed to use two advantages to get me out. 
And because we never saw this before, too, I don't know if you know the answer to this question or not, but it started making us think about like the rules in Survivor. Um, was there a chance, if had you have had two idols, had you not played the idol on Angelina the week before, would you have been able to play another idol after that nullifier would have been played? So I don't know the answer for sure, but I promise you I've thought about this long and hard. <laughs> so I, Jeff asks for an idol, I give him an idol, and then he pulls out of the urn. I have never seen where Jeff, after he pulls anything out of the urn, he asks anybody if they want an idol or mm-hmm. if they want to play an idol. So in my mind, no, I wouldn't have been able to do anything even if I had both my idols. I would have just went home with one in my pocket. So, I mean, in, in that sense, you could have had 10 idols and it wouldn't have mattered that idol nullifier is all powerful. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how I see it. You'll have to ask Jeff for the correct answer, but that's that's my perception of it. And then taking from there, then taking it as a survivor fan, I'm sure that you are biased with uh, your opinions on <laughs> the idol nullifier as it is. <laughs> but uh, you know, knowing how it was played, then do you think that if they do keep this in the future, that that would be a good tweak? That you know, that there's some kind of countermeasure to it. That you know, you go through the, you find two idols, which is pretty rare in the first place. You should have some mm-hmm. level of a, of a fight back against that nullifier. I mean, if, if an idol isn't all powerful, then an idol nullifier shouldn't be all powerful. That's kind of no. how I look at it. So yeah, if, if you have if you have two idols, you should be able to play, he pulls out, hey, this idol nullifier. You got another one, and be like, oh yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that should be the case. If if nothing's all powerful but the immunity necklace, then an idol shouldn't be all powerful. Neither should a nullifier. I agree. That's a good point. So, you know, part of the episode two we saw, this whole season we've kind of saw, we saw this, you know, what seemed to be maybe like a budding showmance between you and Kara. Uh, what was your relationship like, like really out there? Uh, you know, what did you think of her kind of, you know, telling people about your secrets and really, you know, ultimately turning on you out there? And I guess just where's your relationship with her, you know, past that point? I mean, I can't be mad about it at all. It's, it's a game we were all out there to play in a game and, and all wanting to win. And if she thinks that's what was best for her game, then by all means, do what you need to do because, you know, we're all out there to win a million bucks. Sure. And if, and if you're willing to do whatever you need to do to do it, then by all means do it. So I can't be upset about it by any stretch. Did you think that, that your relationship was a little deeper than that, though? Like, did you have real feelings for her out there? I mean, she was the person I was closest to. And in my personal life, I like to springboard ideas off the people that I'm close to. If I'm thinking about making a big decision, those are, that's what I do is I talk to people I'm closest to. And she was the person I was closest to, and I springboarded all my ideas off of her and kind of bit me in the butt in the end, but that just is what it is. Sure. Uh, let's go back to that tribal council now. Um, what kind of walk me through your standpoint of, of how you saw things playing out. Did you notice, looking back at it, any – signs that the Davids were you know overconfident or did you notice anything that w- didn't seem normal and then kind of walk me through your whole experience no not at all I mean those guys got great poker faces in tribal I mean every tribal you see them in they got great poker faces uh there was there was no clue at all up until Jeff pulled out that nullifier. I had no idea I knew my name was coming up because Christian had told me before we left for tribal that my name was on the block. So I was like, it's cool, dude. I got a, I got an idol. Not a big deal. <laughs> Walked right into that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, talk about that too. This is a common thing. that comes up, you know, 37 seasons into survivor. Part of what makes it so fascinating is how people approach playing the game. Uh, you, you know, played a very honorable game in your Ponderosa video. You talked about, you know, not being able to change the kind of person you are. The fact that your you know, your kids are watching, um, the lessons that they might learn from your game. Uh, 
other people look at it like, you know, I'll do, I'll win the million dollars and then explain that to my kids later. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of talk about your, just that honorable approach. How is it, uh, how can you win a game playing honorably when you're playing amongst dishonorable people? I mean, there's, there's been plenty of people that have played play the game and done well that didn't lie, cheat, steal, backstab the whole nine. I mean, I look at it as if you tell somebody you're going to do it, you got to do it. Now, if you skirt the line a little bit and say, you know, I'll do my best, I'll try, I'll think about it, that's one thing. But when you straight up tell somebody that you're going to do something, you should do it. It's kind of how I look at it. Okay. Um, I firmly believe it doesn't take lying and backstabbing and digging through people's stuff to win the game by any stretch. Sure. Did you, uh, on that note, you know, I know I noticed too in your Ponderosa video you talked about that as far as like you know uh, your daughter you know maybe questioning the game after you got home. Did you come up with any peace of mind with that? Like that any piece of knowing that you know you weren't that you you know that your daughter could be proud of the way you played? Yeah, I mean I'm definitely I'm proud of how I played, and I know when they watch it one day they're going to be proud of me because I, I I went out there and I was me. Mm-hmm. I was me who I am on every um in my everyday life. So you know. I told when I told somebody I was going to do it, even if I didn't want to do it, I did it. That's just who I am. Perfect. Let's go back to to the uh, walk me through. Just I'm sure you explained this today a little bit, but uh, tell me about the whole Angelina uh, situation. Was that predetermined that you were going to play your idol on her? Did she talk you into it in that moment? Uh, how much of that was sporadic? I told her that I was going to, and um, it was something I obviously struggled with. You see it written all over my face in tribal, mm-hmm. but. I'm the kind of person when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do my very best to make sure that I get it done. So, you know, I had to do it because I told her that I would. It not only did it, it, it got that idol away from me and that everybody knew about, you know, took that little bit of a target off my back. Mm-hmm. It ties her to me for the rest of the game in my mindset, and it proves to the rest of the glass that, hey, I'm here for you guys. You know, I'm here to play be glass strong and take care of our alliance, do whatever it needs to be done. So, you know, I feel like strategically it was a pretty decent move on my part. Okay. Who, uh, who did you feel out there? Um, everybody, it's a different experience when you play survivor and then you get to watch the season kind of unfold on television and what they show and the the storylines that are are going on. Has there been anybody that surprised you watching it on television, uh, versus how you thought of them out when you were out there? Um, I didn't, I I was a little surprised by Natalie. I mean, my interactions with her, I I, me and Natalie got along. I low key called her mom. Mm. You know, my first interaction with, with Natalie was I walked up to her. I said, "Are you a mom?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'm a big mama's boy. I miss my mom. Can I give you a hug, please?" <laughs> and that, I mean, I, I I love Natalie. I still do. <laughs> and uh, I was a little surprised by her her way she looked on on the show, for sure. Yeah, sure. Because I just I did I, I I know that she's a boss lady, but that's just what she is. I don't <laughs> think she's she's not a mean or bad person by any stretch. You were Goliath strong, of course, but uh, at some point in the game, you know, it would have become individual. Who amongst the Goliaths did you view as the biggest threat in your in your own head? I viewed Allison as the biggest threat for sure. She's super smart. She's physically, like, she does really well in the challenges. She's not, like, this super dominating force, but she's, she's good in the challenges. She's smart. She's strategic. Allison was definitely the most dangerous Goliath in my mind. Okay, and then the name, you know, Christian, you guys, you kind of had an interesting relationship with him where he was, um, you know, brochacho, but also uh, David. Did, did, was it clear that he was the biggest threat over there? 
Oh, yeah, by, by a long shot. I mean, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. I mean, he, he was seeing that game four steps ahead of everybody else. It was insane. So, um, I guess, you know, looking back at it, the way that you went out, you know, everybody kind of agrees. It just, again, you were just kind of like a victim of circumstance. There's almost nothing you could have done. But everybody that knows Survivor knows that everything that happens kind of builds on what happened before that moment. Was there anything looking back in your game that you feel like was a mistake or something you would change, uh, obviously, other than the ending of it? Um, Is there anything you would change or anything like that uh, looking back on your own game? You know, I would definitely go and try and have a better, uh, better relationships with some of the, with a lot of the Davids. You know, I, I mean, I had a lot of surface level relationships with those guys. You know, mm-hmm. me and Carl talked about football. Me and Davey talked about nerdy stuff, and me and Nick talked about being from a small town. And it was very surface level. It wasn't a whole lot of depth, so we never, re- I never really got the opportunity to build those relationships and build that trust so we can talk a whole lot of games. So that's something that I would definitely go back and change is working on those relationships with, with a lot of the Davids. Okay. And cool. And my final question for you too, is, you know, a lot of people talk about their survivor legacy. Uh, how would you like to be remembered? Obviously you're going to be tied to this tribal council forever, but uh, do, do you feel like, um, how would you like people to rem- remember you within the survivor community? Uh the one who comes back and plays a better game. Is that a good answer? <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great answer. I hope uh, Probst is listening. <laughs> hey, man. Well, no, it was yeah, really I hope he is too. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool to talk to you, and uh, that was crazy the way it happened. Um, but it was really cool to watch you play, and uh, best of luck to you, man. Awesome. Thanks, man. You have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. See ya. So there you have it. Uh, that is That was my chat with Dan. I mean, he's taking it pretty well. I mean, what are you going to do? right? Uh, he's an honorable guy. He was a good player. You know, that type of player. Yeah. You know, the Tom Westermans of the world have one survivor, but it's, it's rare. You know, it's not that often that somebody gets to the end and wins playing an honorable game. It's tough to do when everybody else is not playing by the same set of rules, but, uh, you know, he, uh, he left his mark and, uh, he's going to be remembered mainly for being the victim of this, which makes him actually a perfect candidate if, if somebody's going to give somebody a second chance. I mean, his story is already written. So uh, will Dan play again? I mean, he's a guy that I could see possibly getting getting selected to go out there once again. We will have to see. But uh, that puts a bow on this uh, elongated Thanksgiving weekend. I know you had to wait a couple extra days for the podcast. So thank you uh, for taking the time here on a Monday to listen to it. And uh We are going to uh, be coming at you this week. Again, there's a double episode of Survivor on Wednesday night. Does that mean that there's two interviews? I guess you're going to have to wait and check out the podcast on Thursday to see. Uh, And then, yeah, we'll be back. And then, again, later in the week, we'll have uh, some results from the Detroit Film Critics Group. I urge you to check out my uh, Rotten Tomatoes page. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm a film critic, as you may know. I'm on television out here in the Detroit area. Also online, you can go to movieshowplus.com. That's my weekly half-hour show that I produce and I'm star of. Go on there. There's interviews uh, with celebrities and movie reviews and all kinds of movie stuff. So if you love movies, go to movieshowplus.com. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Tom Santilli. And, uh, again, go to the Rotten Tomatoes page if you want to check out some of my recent written reviews. Um, What came out recently? I don't know. Green Book, Creed 2. Some of those things are up right now. So... That'll do it. Big episodes coming up this week. Just a couple days, guys. Uh, We're uh, already at Monday, so it's not too far around the corner. 
We will be talking to you soon. Thank you again so much for following and listening to the Film Survivor podcast. I am your host, Tom Santilli. Thank you so much. Have a good week, and we'll see you here soon enough. Bye-bye.